Hey there, welcome to Shift for Wellness, the podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and trauma with courage and resilience. Today, I'm chatting with Judy Bellier-Water about the beauty and wonder of the forest and its natural ability to heal. Her company is Permission to Pause Forest Bathing Therapy of New Jersey. I'm certain, just like me, you'll be hypnotized by her voice. I first met Judy at the yoga studio where she taught an evening restorative yoga class, and I rarely missed a night that she taught. She's got such a gift for the art of teaching restorative yoga. Judy's cadence and her power to restore is unmatched. Now, with her knowledge of ecotherapy, she's developed yet another way to work with people and connect them with the physical, mental, and emotional parts of themselves out in nature's classroom. Judy's bringing her therapy work to a forest near you, so keep an eye out because after our chat, you're going to want to gather some friends, family, co-workers, your book club, or your kids, maybe even your in-laws, and book some time with her in the forest. You will truly be transformed. So we're not talking about a literal bath here. We're talking about an immersing experience where you involve yourself deeply in all the gifts and surprises the forest has to offer. The only water involved is one of the meditation invitations, which takes place at the water's edge. So listen in as we chat about my personal experience as a participant in one of her weekend groups. Today, you'll learn what a forest bath is and how they benefit your well-being. You'll learn about how doctors are prescribing them to patients. You'll learn how to prepare to participate in one, and you'll also get ideas for who to bring along with you and share the experience with. I just loved every bit of it, and the whole time I was there, I was thinking of all the people in my life that would enjoy this experience. And then I was thinking of all the people that I don't necessarily know, but reach out to me with questions of how to connect more with their life and enrich their life more. And, you know, forest bathing just is what pops into my mind. It's such a beautiful, mindful experience. And it takes little to no energy at all. And it gives you the permission to play and get in touch with your little kid. And I love that. It gives you the permission to pause, which is the name of my business. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's what struck me when I was trying to think of a name. I was thinking, you know, what does this practice do for me? And that's what came to mind. And, and I was like, oh my God, that is the perfect name. Yeah. And you didn't even have to agonize over it either, right? When right. You ask yourself that question. It's so intuitive. What does it do for me? It gives me permission to pause. What a beautiful name for a business. Yes. Everybody knows exactly what they're going to get when they work with you. They're that's going a good point. Be- yes, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, you hope you hope that's what they get, right? Yeah. Well, it they'll, they're going to get that if they open to it, if yes. they allow themselves, right? Yes. But it's very clear what they're going to get when they work with you. Tell us a little bit about forest bathing and how you even came about it. How did you find something like this? I never heard about it until you shared it with me. It was a strange thing. I was getting ready for work and the news is on in the background. And there was a segment where they said, oh, doctors are prescribing time in nature. And I thought, that's interesting. And I had to go to work. I couldn't watch it, but I DVR'd it. And I came home from work. Like I thought about it all day and played it back. And I was like, what, what is this thing? What is forest bathing? What is forest therapy? And so that's when it started. That's when the intrigue started in me. Don't you love it when we get those divine messages from TV and radio and even when you're overhearing people's conversations? They're just because they're just so beautiful. And it and it marries so well with with your background. As a yoga teacher, as a, as a classroom teacher, 
yes. you've just got that natural ability to to pull people together and to and to execute in a very in a in a very logical way, gently, beautifully. You do everything you do, Judy, is seamless. Your voice to me is hypnotizing. And then to hear your voice out in nature, combine those two, it's just a beautiful experience. It really is. When you talk about like that, for me, it was like after that moment, there were breadcrumbs. You know, that got the things start the thought started in my head because I'm a I'm a I'm passionate about the outdoors passionate about nature and what happened following that news segment was all these little things that kept pushing me towards this okay and you know somebody an old friend from from 30 years ago, sent me a DVD and the first section, like out of the blue, not like we were talking about anything out of the blue. The first segment on this, on this DVD was all about forest bathing. And I was just like, Oh, here it is. And then I Googled it and there was somebody who was doing it in the town next to mine. And I could go and do it with her. Um, So there were like all these little breadcrumbs that kept leading me towards this practice. And then I finally, you know, pulled the trigger on it and decided to go for training and then start the practice myself. All messages. Messages. Messages that were telling you, pay attention to this. This is something you're, you're forgetting about it. Here it is again. Do something, yes. do something with it. I love a little that. nudging, a little nudging along the way. Yeah, I loved nudging. that. And I, and I, you know, yeah, I wanted to ignore it. I did initially, you know, like, oh, okay, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. But then it just, it just was. And then by accident, I went on to the website and they said, you can, the, the website for um, National Association of Forest Therapy. And there was an application process and I just was like, I'm going to just read this. And then I was filling things in. And the next thing, you know, I, it said it was like late at night and I had to work the next day and I was tired and I was like, you know what, I'll finish this later. And it said, you can't save this. So I just went send. And that was, that was, that was the end and the beginning and that wasn't a nudge. That was a push to say, Judy, let's go. Here's the kick. <laughs> Do it, girl. So, Judy, if someone sees an advertisement or an offering uh, for forest therapy, for forest bathing, explain to them what they can experience. If it was, and I, I know just like anything else, it depends on your guide. It depends on who's leading the way. If you were leading the way, what would an experience be like if they were working with you? So I trained with the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. And so the framework that they gave us was that we would start, I would start with and with just a general sharing about giving a land acknowledgement to the first people that were there. And then that's followed by just a short description of what it is, why you do it, and also what's going to happen. So start with telling us what it is. So forest bathing came from Jap- from Japan. So Shinrin Roku is the term, and it literally means forest bathing or forest bath. Okay. And so in the 80s, the Japanese they were finding that there were a lot of illnesses, cancer, all these different things that were affecting the population. And they started to do research. And within the research, they looked at, you know, the effect of nature on people. And what they discovered was time in nature has a healing effect on people. 
they found that the trees release something, the trees and other plants actually release something called phytoncides. And the and this is where this idea of a bath comes from. So they are bathing these phytoncides on us all the time. And the phytoncides are something that they the trees emit to protect themselves from, from invaders. And when we breathe them in, it actually produces the production. It helps to boost the production of the NK cells, the natural killer cells, the things that fight cancer and other diseases. It also, they found, affected people's attention, mood, their emotions, their cognitive performance, blood pressure. So they found all of these benefits to spending time in nature. And so that's when they started doing, you know, encouraging people to practice this forest bathing. In Japan, it's a little bit different. You know, it, of course, the, the Western nature kind of put the nations kind of put their spin on it. Um, so there's just more basically spending time in nature. And so here... This uh, forest therapy is a little bit different. It's done with a guide. And what we do is we begin with this, just a short explanation of what's going to happen. And then we move into an area. And again, this is not a hike. It's not a naturalist walk, right? We're, it, it's a completely different thing. And so we go to a spot. And we begin with a short meditation. And what that's about is really just to start the process of dropping into our bodies, getting out of our minds, and connect with the senses. So it's a sensory meditation. And then it's followed by the first invitation. There is a standard sequence that they request that we do. And so an invitation is just that. And this is part of what I love about the practice. There are no hard and fast rules. So if you decide that you want to do something else, that's okay. I'm just there to guide. I'm not there to judge or to change or force or anything. If you want to do something different, then do something different. So. What happens is after each invitation, because it's usually done with a group of people, there is a sharing that happens. And the sharing is, what are you noticing? And that could be any, any kind of answer can come from that. Also, what I want people to understand is not sharing is really okay too. You can just... So I usually, we usually pass something around, you know, when you, if you feel like you would like to start, you just reach in and take whatever sharing piece that we have of the day and then share and then pass it to the left. And then the next person shares or doesn't share just, and if they don't share, they just pass it on this little baton on. And then, and then we go to the next, after everyone has done been done sharing, then we move on to the next invitation. So it's a series of invitations. It lasts about anywhere from two hours to three hours, depending upon the situation. And after all of the invitations and the sharing, then we end with the tea ceremony that you mentioned, which is just a way to, so, so what happens is we drop into our senses and you come into this liminal space and, or you hopefully come into this liminal space and you are in this space. And then the tea ceremony is to bring everyone back is to bring everyone back into that, into themselves 100%. And just kind of, it's a, it's a way to, process the experience. So they call the, what I love about the tea ceremony is it's called the threshold of incorporation. And so what we do is I, I 
forage plants from nature, the ones that are local right around us, and I make a tea from it. And then I invite everyone to drink the tea. And so we are taking, literally, we are taking the forest into, so we've spent the time taking the forest into our bodies, I mean, into our experience. And then we take the forest literally into our bodies. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And so the tea ceremonies now, it becomes sort of like, okay, you can come back into your head. You can, people chat, people, you know, kind of connect in a different way. So the thing that's so wonderful about it is it's not only connecting yourself with nature, but it's also connecting yourself to community, to others. But it also connects you to yourself. So many beautiful things come out of this practice that I have witnessed. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced. And you've experienced. Yeah. If people are open. And sometimes it doesn't happen there. It might happen later. That's something else that I've also noticed Mm -hmm. where people have come back and told me something changed, something happened. Yeah. Something shifted. And in order to make that connection with community, we really have to make that connection with ourselves first. This is such, you know, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. I'm a big fan of John Kabat-Zinn and this is such a mindful experience where you are bringing every single sense with you. And a lot of the times it's difficult to incorporate that taste. And that's why I loved the tea ceremony at the end. Judy actually takes the needles from pine trees from nature and she steeps them overnight so that it makes that tea. And it, I've never had white pine tea before, but it was such a beautiful culminating ceremony and a, just a lovely way to return back to my body and walk back out of that forest. I think it's important for people to know we don't go really deep in. It's, it's, you don't go really deep into the forest. Like you're going on a trek, like you had mentioned earlier, you're right on the, you know, very on the outskirts of the, in, in the forest, but not, not too deep. Um, you were going to walk less than a mile. You're going to walk less than a mile, but regardless of the depth As soon as you come out of that forest and you start to see the parking lot and you start to see the cars, there's a little part of you that says, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have to go. I have to go back. (laughs) And and it allows you to stay in touch with those senses. I love John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness where he says, Mindfulness is when we pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, and then he always adds, as if your life depended on it. Wow. Because symbolically, when you are, for myself, you know, when I was walking out of the forest down the little path and you can start to see the outside world coming into view, and now you're on the, in the parking lot, and now you're looking for your car. It's almost a little bit Gilligan's Island-ish because you start off with however many people are in your group. Maybe you come with a friend. I didn't come with a friend. You were my friend, so I, I had that familiarity. But there were many people there that didn't know each other. But when you are in the parking lot, nobody nobody was leaving. <laughs> Do you remember? Everybody was just standing. Everybody was helping you. You were milling around. We were helping you get your things back, you know, your supplies back in your car. And then we were just, we were just standing there and nobody was ready to, to leave yet. We all had things that we needed to do. We knew we had to get to, but nobody was ready to just make the break and go because such a lovely community had been created and a trust had been created within that group of people that 
were just strangers three hours before. I agree. I see that often. And I remember when it was um, COVID, I was on you, Judy, Judy, when are we doing? We Let's do another forest bath. We, I'd love to do another forest bath. And you had encouraged me and you said, well, look, I, we can't, it's COVID and we, I can't get groups together. Ethically, I can't get groups of people together, but just go in the forest, go in the forest and you know what to do, do it on your own. And I did have uh, that mini skill set of what you taught me. I was able to take with me. But there's nothing like being guided through it. I think when you're when you're guided by someone who is qualified to guide you through something like that, the experience is just that much richer. But it's also comforting to know if I can't get to a qualified guide, that I can go out there and and still get some benefits to help me heal, to help me get centered. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that was difficult for me was understanding the way of the guide. And I love this idea of being a guide rather than the teacher or being the healer or because I am not the healer. The forest is the healer. The forest is the therapist and the guide just opens the doors. For me, it was like, wow, I took the responsibility off of me. It wasn't about me. Yeah. And that's the hard part about it too, Mm -hmm. is staying impartial, not trying to make something happen. Yeah. That's the hard part about guiding. Yeah. Well, when you're guiding, it's, 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 it's a coach's, it's that, that's what a coach's role is, right? To guide, not to give advice. And a lot of people want to be told what to do. What should I do? This is my struggle. What should I do? And who am I to tell them what to do? I don't know what to do. You have the answers. You know the answers. Your body's very intelligent. You have the answers inside of you. So as that guide, as that coach, you help them pull their answers out from themselves. And I always tell my clients, my when I first start working with them, I tell them my goal, just so you know that my intention is to work myself out of needing to work with you. Because we shouldn't have to work together forever. We shouldn't have to work together for years. We shouldn't have to, we, just, we shouldn't have to because I'm teaching you how you can heal yourself, how you can help yourself, how you can find your own answers. And it's so funny, the looks on their faces. They look at me like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? Because I want to be here all the time. <laughs> I want to come here all the time. But then they're not actively on a path to wellness then, are they? This practice has changed me. I was a big hiker. I was hiking, 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 hiking. And I was always that annoying person that you hiked with that would run, would jump off the trail and go, do you see this? Look at this. Oh my God, look at this. I never saw this before. What do you think it is? Oh my God. I, I know that, Judy, because do you remember, do you remember our walk through Silas and we, you know, trying to get through a conversation and you and a bird tweeted and then you knew that bird and there's another bird and you knew the exact name of every bird. And I just got such a science lesson on that walk with you. It was great. So I was always that annoying person. Right. And uh, so I have begun, you know, like for me as a guide. I also experience, I, I experience the invitations. So it's a wonderful time for me as well to, you know, I am sort of skating the edge of liminality. I have to, but I do find myself dropping in. I do find myself having those healing experiences as I'm guiding as well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I love about the practice for me, too. Yeah, it's like these borrowed benefits. Yeah, borrowed benefits. I like that. Yeah. 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 
It's amazing. It's amazing. And people always say, aren't you, aren't you tired? You know, you're working and then you're doing this. And no, I feel amazing. It feel it feels really good after you're done working with someone when you're when you're working with energy. When you're working with energy. Energy, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. One thing I wanted to share about you. So one of the uh, one of the people that I trained with, he was a doctor, Robert Czar. And he shared, and I did not know this before then, that there is a whole group of doctors in the United States and elsewhere, Canada as well, I guess, who um, have something called a Park RX program, where doctors are prescribing time spent in the outdoors. You know, they actually are like, you know, you go to the doctor and, you know, because one of the things that they're seeing is a lot of issues that adults have had. It's been sort of adult issues, right? Anxiety and depression and things like that they're finding in children. And he was a, a pediatrician. And so he would subscribe, he would prescribe this much time in the forest or in the, in a park or to kind of help change, ameliorate the, these issues that these kids are having. Um, but it's, they're doing it for adults as well. You know, like this is a thing, this is not something that doesn't have benefits for almost every, well, I guess everybody, why not? But you know, the other thing too, is this connection to, this is the other thing I love about the practice. This connection to the other than human world that's encouraged is also in my heart what I hope will have people want to protect the other than human world. These spaces are needed. Desperately. Yes. Not just you know, for us, but for, you know, so many beautiful things, so many beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And when you look at all the research that's out there for not just the stress and the anxiety that adults are going through, but if you run children through the same scale, there's a Holmes raw stress scale out there for adults They've created one for children as well. And basically the same things are on that list. And when you have children fill those out and adults fill those out, they're just as weighty. There's just as much stress and anxiety. Wow. It's scary because a lot of the times adults feel that their stress is more, don't they? That's what I've, that's what, that's what I've come across whether it's parents or teachers looking at children and saying, well, you're just a kid. What, what could you really have to balance? But their stressors are the same. Their perspective is that their stressors are the same. And if that's what their perspective is, then that's what their truth is. And they're seeing it just as weighty. And what are we noticing about our kids? They're not outside as much. They're not playing outside as much. They're not, I, I lived in the woods as a kid. So many of us lived in the woods as a kid. You know, you were building forts. And if you weren't in the woods, you were outside. You were building forts. You were just enjoying the air and the sky and the sun and the grass and the trees. Yes. Yeah. And you can drive down almost any street these days and not see any kids outdoors. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just this pack of kids and the cars would have to slow down for us and, you know, yeah, always running around. So it is different and, and it, it does have an effect. Yeah. I remember being outside doing some work in the backyard not too long ago. And I just heard faintly, ready or not, here I come. And I had such a little celebration happening in my body. I said, wow, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, 
between these homes here, kids are kids are are playing manhunt. They're playing hide and seek. They're getting lost. They're getting hurt. They're they're running around, having a great time. And it was really lovely to hear. I couldn't believe those words resonated so strongly with me. I was so happy that they were outside. In addition to Judy's scheduled events, she welcomes private group bookings. Consider booking a forest bath with Judy for a birthday party, a corporate community builder, family get-togethers. Think about the clubs you belong to and think about how much fun it would be to enjoy each other outside the lines that you're so used to playing within. Judy was a teacher for over 40 years and loves working with school children. So if you're a teacher, parent, or administrator listening to this, consider booking Judy to come to your school and work with the kids, the faculty, and the staff. Think of the learning opportunities and how it could support the math, science, social studies, and language arts curriculum, not to mention the social and emotional and mindfulness aspects. Judy shared with me how she has the kids write poetry when they return to the classroom after a bath, and what the kids produce is mind-blowing. She's worked with wedding parties, men's groups, township organizations. The list of people she works with is endless. So coming up, Judy's going to share with us how she works with groups and how you could prepare for participating in one. You have people everywhere from just interested in the experience people that are managing loss, people that are trying to navigate trauma and abuse. And there's, there's so many different levels of traumas, big T traumas, little T traumas, Mm -hmm. um, or just, Hey, I am here because it's a Saturday and I'd like to get out of my house. <laughs> you just, you just, uh, you know, you, right, you, right. you've got you and, and everybody that shows up, they're all meant to be there together and have that experience because they're all going to be learning something from each other. Yes. That's beautiful. Well, also I've done private groups as well. And so somebody put together a group of their friends to celebrate their birthday. Which was a lovely. So now the invitations change. It's not always the same. There's only, you know, one invitation that is required to be done or two invitations. I guess the the meditation is an invitation as well. But after that, I kind of look at the group. I look at the day and I kind of make decisions about what, what we should do. So with the birthday group, we might do, you know, I'll talk with the person um, who wants the private group and say, like, what do you, you know, are you, do you want it to be a little play, more playful, more serious, whatever. So there is some, you know, playful invitations I have and, and um, partnership invitations that I have um, that people can do together. So, you know, I kind of mix it up and make it more about whatever the event is. I've done a, a several birthday walks, which were quite remarkable and quite beautiful. A family walk wanted to come as a family. Yeah. So people have arranged for groups to come together. Somebody belonged to a group in their town that they wanted to share. And she invited me down to where she lived and could, could I please do a walk and share this with this group that I, I work with. And so, you know, it's not always just a random group of people that come together. It's also sometimes a planned group that comes together. And again, I can work with whatever person to tailor it to their group. I love that. Thing. I think that's so, I never even considered that it would, that you would have private groups. I think that's beautiful. What a beautiful experience and what a beautiful gift to give to someone for, to celebrate the last 365 days and to honor the next 365 days. Yes. Community is a big part of this. So with that being said, have you ever, or would you ever do one-on-one sessions with people in the forest? I would with the understanding that it's just going to be the two of us and are they going to be able to 
handle that. I mean, it it is it it isn't always easy for people. And I know that when I started in the training, we did hours and hours of this, hours at every day, hours at hours, for multiple times, multiple forest walks. And sometimes 15 minutes to me felt like an hour. And other times it felt like five minutes. You know, so one-on-one can be intense if someone understands that and is comfortable with that they're welcome to do it one-on-one if they would rather not do it with a group and we did it in the springtime and i don't remember having to bring anything other than just making sure i was dressed appropriately and Maybe I maybe I had a thermos of water. I ask that people bring water if nothing, you know, nothing else is really needed, right? Just you know, closed shoes. If you're if you are concerned about insects, you know, dress appropriately to cover the body, um, and yeah, not uh, not anything else really. I supply stools if you need something else to sit on like if a, if a tripod stool is not you know you're not able to sit in something like that then bring something to sit on possibly so it's really doesn't need you don't really need anything except for water at the core of shift for wellness are five principles which by now you're very familiar with self-acceptance humor and honesty intention faith and thankfulness. Like I've done with many guests before her, I asked Judy to reflect on where she sees evidence of these principles in her work. The self-acceptance for me is is, is being able to accept that I'm not there to change anything, that I'm not there to make anything happen, to stay in that way of the guide. I'm coming to this forest bath for the whole experience and everything that it offers. I am having a difficult time accepting where I am in the here and the now. How is this forest bath going to support me with trying to get in touch with accepting where I am right now and smiling with all that is in my world? I think that in going to that liminal space, you're forgetting about all of that. It's about not thinking about you and your self-acceptance. It's about coming outside of yourself, noticing something besides yourself. And just in doing that, that can be so helpful for your self-acceptance, if that makes any sense. Sure. You're, you're experiencing that you are not in this alone. There is something bigger. There is something greater. Yes. Yes, Jen. That's it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That we are a part of the human, I mean, part of the natural world. We're part of it. Yeah. And it's bigger than us. And for those that can have that be an intense experience, Staying connected to your sense of humor is another core principle of shift. And I know for me, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this, but the way I was staying connected to my sense of humor through my experience was with the magnifying glass. I just had so much fun. I've referred to it before, but Judy gave us all little magnifying glasses and we were to set out into the forest and not just look at the trees, look at the bark, look at the bugs, really go deep. If you're looking at a leaf, I mean, we were on our bellies. I was anyway, <laughs> on, my be- on my belly in the forest. My arm was, it was in a stream. I was, and I had this magnifying glass up to my eye and I was looking at the littlest particle, this little drop of water on a leaf and what was inside of it. And then looking at all the little hairs on the leaf. And when I was seeing a bug, I didn't just see the bug, but I got really close to that bug and looked at all of the colors in that bug that you never see before. 
And I was giggling the whole time because I couldn't believe that I go through this world seeing what I'm seeing, always appreciative and grateful for it all. But, but the laughter came from, yeah, you're appreciative and you're grateful, but you're still not even really seeing everything that's there. And I just marveled at it. And in that marveling, it just made me laugh. Again, there was laughter for the same reason that um, that for for the same reason of self-acceptance, that there is just something so much greater than us out there. And the realization of that is just astounding. I don't really know what the word would be. Well, it also kind of invites us to be like children. Yeah. Yeah. That playful humor, light quality comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. I, you know, during the pandemic, I was not seeing any people. I was teaching online, both yoga and and school, I was not really seeing anybody. And I missed that, you know, hug, that touch, that quality. And I found myself hugging rocks, like finding that big, big glacial erratic that's in the forest and just kind of laying myself on it and felt this great energy. It was that energy of a hug. Mm-hmm. And so I shared this in one of our forest bathing sessions. And at the end, it turned into, I'm going to go. The other people in the group were like, I'm going to go and I'm going to hug that. I want to see what it feels like to hug a rock. And they would run, they would run over to the big glacial erratic and like lay their bodies on it. Oh my God. Oh my God. And everybody's laughing and Oh my God, the rock hugs you back. She screams from the rock. And, you know, so there is a playfulness about the practice a childlike playfulness that kind of comes up, pops up here and there and too, and which includes that joy and that laughter and, um, yeah, it, it's really can be quite entertaining as well. As yeah, your whole language, your whole language shifts to what you would, what a child would say. Yes. The rock hugs you back. I can, I can see my fifth yes. saying that. Yes. Intention's another principle. And I, I think that the intention comes in all of the different invitations that are there. And like you said, you can choose to accept the invitation. And if you do, you are doing that intentionally, right? But you can also choose not to. For me, it's a the intention. I need to keep this intention of being present. Yeah, and purposeful. And not trying to, again, it comes up again to change anything or shift anything for anybody. Like I have to just let what happens be Mm -hmm. that's sometimes hard, but that is my intention for each walk is to stay present and also to immerse myself in the nature as well. Yeah. And as a, and as a participant, everybody's going with an intention, right? And I think it's important to keep that at the forefront of your mind. What is your intention? And, you know, just constantly coming back to that. And I think all of the invitations that you offer bring everybody right back to that intention that they came with. And they may share what that is. They may not share what that is. But that's just all encompassing with this whole mindful practice of the bath. How about faith? Nature is, is like my religion. You know, I see the greatness. You know, I see how we are part of, that we are linked to the whole system. And we are here because of the whole system. Like, it's a miracle to just think about it. 
on a grander scale. And so there's a lot of trust that I have to have. And, and so when I start to feel like I'm going to, con- I need to control something, this isn't going the way I want. I have to just say that the forest is the therapist. And let it go. Release. And let it go. Yes. Release the grasp. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that's just us fighting against what is. Mm-hmm. And trying to force something to happen rather than let something happen. The last one is gratitude, thankfulness. How does that fall into place with your practice of forest bathing as a guide, as a practitioner? I am grateful to be able to share this with other people, this thing that brings me so much joy. I'm grateful also in in the sharing, so much is shared with me. And that is just something I am so grateful for. And then just the having the experience myself to be able to receive something in my offering is such a great thing to be grateful for. I have such gratitude for that as well. Um, so it's just the whole thing. I don't know. It's a beautiful powerful practice and and I, I the, the, the things I'm so grateful to witness people's vulnerability and what they've learned from the experiences in their life or what they've are experiencing in their life like I the sharing to me is is so so powerful that's lovely Judy, the name of your business is Permission to Pause. Permission to Pause, colon, Forest Bathing Therapy of New Jersey. And that would be the website people could reach you? That is my, yes, my um, social media site. It's a, a Facebook business page. And also your um, Instagram is Permission to Pause Forest Bathing, all one word, right? With Judy yes. Bill- and your name underneath it, Judy Belluardo. Yes. So people can reach you on Instagram. They could message you if they want to uh, find out when your next bath would be. And also you've got your Facebook page that they can reach you on as well. Is there an email or anything else that you would like to share for people to reach out to you? Belluardo at yahoo.com. It's B as in boy, I L L. I E W H A R T S and Tom O at yahoo.com. If they're interested in joining a group or maybe would like to create a group, you know, it's a wonderful idea. I had a, somebody share who's also a guide that they had amazing experience experiences with wedding groups, like family groups that are coming together. Okay. Like that don't really know each other. And it was a way to kind of connect them, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, like a book group or, you know, there's a lot of groups that people belong to that this might, and that and maybe they do things outside of that specific group mm-hmm. that, that might really enjoy this, you know, other coming together. I also, have offered for younger children, like a separate group. This is something more for adults that I'm doing because of the sharing that can happen. I think it's better to separate the children from the group, unless it's a family group, you know, and then again, I can tailor it to just that family or the families. Um, But I, I also could do, you know, children's groups as well things tailor things to younger kids and I love that I think kids would really enjoy that as a teacher I did it often with my students and what we would do is we would go out and we would I would do forest bathing with them and you know it's a different thing and they're funny and they would do their little thing these were kids that were like fourth and fifth grade and then we would come back and write poetry and the poetry 
that these kids wrote would blow your mind. I, think I would, would be just be great. like, what? What happened? This would be a great offering for schools. I think it, I think you would be a great asset to travel to schools to take kids on these forest baths, especially up in Sussex County, where I teach. Many of our schools are already surrounded by forests and woods. It'd be wonderful for them. And I also see in your future, Judy, you touched on it yourself. You don't get a whole lot of men. I would love to see, and maybe men that are listening would love to have an offering of just of just men. Maybe there's not a lot of men because they're intimidated because of all the women that join. Maybe just a forest bathing uh, class for just men. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. Wouldn't that be interesting to see where that leads? Yes. Yeah. We can work on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Judy, for this conversation. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, I really love the fact that more people are going to become familiar with forest bathing. I hope many people reach out to you. And uh, boy, would they be in such good hands and just so lucky to be able to be guided through the forest by you, Judy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate you giving me this time. It's my pleasure. Thank you for giving me your time. Whatever your takeaway is from today's conversation, make that this week's shift work. Take a look at Judy's schedule on her Facebook business page, Permission to Pause, colon, Forest Bathing Therapy of New Jersey. You can message her there and book your very own private group with your favorite people. You can also check out what Judy has planned on her Instagram page, Permission to Pause, Forest Bathing, all one word, no spaces, and you can DM her there. And you can, of course, also reach out to her through email, billywarto at yahoo.com. That's B-I-L-L-I-E-W-H-A-R-T-O at yahoo.com to join a group or to create your very own personalized private forest bath. My hope for you is that you give yourself the gift of this experience at least one time, at least one time, because after your first time, I bet there will be plenty more to follow. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, I'm asking that you take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your reviews are super helpful for me and my work. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice.